it is the morning of the 17th of may 2019 good morning welcome to pbe daily the early mornings and late nights podcast my name is point Blackie thank you so much for taking the time to tune in and i'm actually glad you made it to the next day welcome to this new one today's a big day for me other than the nine to five and the little work i'm supposed to be in the house i got an event tonight the young gentleman known as high renaissance about to go rock the mic and a dj i thoroughly enjoy hearing play the man's name is dj released he's gonna be rocking the ones and twos it's in a local club and it will be called muse and i'm gonna be there from around eight o'clock till 10 or past 10 just having live performances this guy has his first ep out i think it's his first ep it's called rain and i love it when young mcs come into the game and they come from a perspective of intellectual execution so that's gonna be fun for me i'm really looking forward to that and other than that uh knowing that it's gonna be an event night i doubt i'll have the strength or the energy to actually make a recording tonight so i'll probably do what i did last week and make a a weekend recording a a slightly longer weekend recording and when i come back with that it's gonna take care of both the friday evening and what the weekend was and then we jump back into monday when monday returns uh i'm I'm pumped about this i like it when young artists come out and make an impact in, in how things are supposed to go now I just got lit up by a small conversation that was happening last night and I just picked up on it in a group I'm in and it's this whole thing, there's, there's nothing I give no respect to that a person who will not adapt or will not progress or will not put in the effort to show growth. Let me paint you the picture of what I'm talking it's been i'd say 17 years i've been present in the world of my beloved hip-hop and entertainment in general and one thing i I constantly seem to notice is most people in the craft be it the audience or the artists themselves they will not make compromises or they will not better themselves by even moving up in their own personal hustles to grow. Let me paint you a picture. When I was a kid, growing up in Nagoretti, this is one thing we used to like to do when I first heard about it. Me and a friend of my girlfriend, we'd, uh, on Saturday, on, actually not Saturday, Saturdays because was, Saturday was church, so you couldn't really move around on Saturday, so it was Sunday. So on Sunday, because mom has gone for her hustles, dad has gone to the market to find a couple of things like herbs that he likes to take. Um, me and my friend Fred and my, my, my now deceased brother Steve uh, would tell ourselves these tales that tales were told to us by other people. And the other people told us within the neighborhood. This was this, this stuff that just happened within the compound, the cul-de-sac and everything. They tell us that there's this place. It's like this utopic place. It's called Yaya. And at Yaya, there's this gaming arcades. You go to the gaming arcade, dude. There's these kids. They have these chips, and the chips are given to them by their parents. And those chips cost money. And when you put the chip in this device, a game starts playing on the screen, and you can play. You can pick up this thing that looks like a gun, and you can fight on the screen. And the screen is going to react, and the character is going to fall. We need to go see this. So sometimes we, depending on how good a child you were that day maybe mom would give you a coin or two and at that time a shilling a kenya shilling was a very valuable coin so if you could make it to five oh you were falling you were out of here 
So me and my friend Fred and my brother Steve would put together coins. So we get like 15 shillings. Okay, that's not even bus fare. We're gonna because it's Yaya. He told me like, it's a walking distance. We can walk to it. Then we could buy one of those chips when we get there. And I said, cool, let's do that. And so we'd walk from Dagoriti Corner all the way up to Yaya Center. When we get to Yaya, we get to this place called the Yaya Center and we walk in and it's this weird space. I mean, regardless of what it looks like right now, imagine that whole parking area that exists in front of it, it wasn't there. Now imagine the, the Mr. Price and the, the lock shop at the bottom, that wasn't there either. Now imagine where the Barclays Bank is, that wasn't there either. That entire area was gaming arcades. Gaming Kids, so we'd walk in and we're watching these kids. It's, it, it literally looks like something out of um, what's this show, Stranger Things. Yeah, it looks like the gaming arcade from Stranger Things. And we'd walk in and we're standing there in awe, jaws dropping, just looking at this stuff. And looking at it, then we go to the guy who runs the place and ask how much a chip costs, and we didn't have enough for it. So, what we would do is just hover around, and when a kid got bored. We'd watch them walk away, then jump on the thing and try playing the game. But since he finished his chip, we couldn't really do anything. So, wow, oh, man, we messed up. But sometimes we'd luck out. We would try it again and again. Now, that was when we were younger, probably age 9, age 10. Another thing we used to do was like, we walk still from Dagoretti down James Gishuri Road, all the way up till we get to Labington, just to see what the other half looks like or how the other half lives. That was what we did. Then when I got to high school, because I was a day scholar, there's this thing we used to like to do where I'd put, because Fred went to boarding school, so we never really saw each other much. So as for me, since I was a day scholar, I'd make a few coins here and there. They'd give you 20 shillings for break, but for five days, 20 shillings, that's 100 shillings. So you have money in your pocket. So 100 shillings in my pocket and a few other coins, which we've been been rustling up, making artwork with people for their envelopes to send to their girlfriends here and there. And you'd hold on to these things and you would be like, okay, cool, I can't this side of town or this side of of Nairobi just see what that side looks like and I even once made that mistake and went to the the safari servant and I got mugged as a result of it and I lost a lot of things and I shouldn't have done it but then again I didn't know any better but the experience taught me something so back to the narrative so the, the whole idea was get enough to go see what that experience is and then after that if you have a few more coins experience what that experience was i remember the first job i ever got uh, that was a really really paying job when i became a tutor in a college and the job made, paid me i think depending on how many classes i had so it was i think i had three classes at the time or two classes at the time and i made fifteen thousand shillings i took the fifteen thousand and Staying with my brother, so I gave him enough for us to make sure that we were good on food because we weren't paying rent. It was a space that my pop owned, so I gave him some cash to make sure we were good on rent. No, 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 we were good on food. My apologies. Now, outside of that, the other coins I told myself if there's a place I've never eaten before, it's a Java. Now, at that time, Java was big news because there were like I think three in the entire city. So I took myself to Java, looked at the menu, and looked at the price tags and the food, and I kind of chuckled because I thought the figures would be astronomically huge but they were not because certain numbers just seem attainable to me even if I don't have them in my pocket certain numbers don't scare me because it looks like if I just put my my energy up I can make this in a certain period of time 
that's just how my mind is working. Now, cut to getting into the entertainment scene. Now, you're told this thing is happening in this event. Now, you want to go make the money from that event, but you knew you have to get there, and while you're there, you probably need a, a libation or two to keep you engaged. So, I'd put some cash together to make sure I'm able to get there via cab and get back home by, by a cab. After I do that, I put another few coins on the side to make sure that I can have, even if it's a meal, even if it's a pack of fries and a sausage, and do that. Fully prepare myself before I even leave the goddamn house to go enjoy the event when I get there. Now, that was more rewarding when you got there and you did the gig and the gig was a success and you get paid in cash at the time. That was the best feeling and no one could take that feeling away from me. Now, the more I got into professional life and the more money I started making, the more I now allocate specific budgets depending on the events I have or if I want to uh, cut loose for a bit because I've been working too hard. I always plan these things out. So when I hear my peers, guys who I know I've come up with in the game, same age bracket, some even older, complain about certain spaces not adapting to who they are because they're not um, of a certain, uh, damn it, I'll say it, of a certain class. It just baffles me. The phrase, when in Rome, is the most important, most potent statements ever said. You do not go to a space and try to make it become disenfranchised or to bring it down. You go to a space to gentrify it. And I know this gentrification is looked as a, as a, as a bad word, but I can I can push myself to try ball with the best of them. But until it's something that is something I really want to attain, I'm not going to push myself to do certain things. I will not go to a space where I know I don't belong, I do not fit in, or it's not an interest of mine. But I will try my level best to respect the space I get to. So when I hear people talk about they don't want to go to a certain space because they don't feel like it works for them, then don't go there. If it's supporting the craft that you enjoy, can you at least go for the support of that person and do things that would make that person look good? Sometimes I go to certain people's events and the space is expensive as hell, but I will buy even if it's a drink or two because my boy is playing there or my girl is playing there and I want them to look good and I want them to get called back to make things happen. You want people from that world to be able to listen to you so that you can leave the place where you come from. None of us wake up in the morning hoping to go back to the same space we grew up in. I've been in groups with people who I grew up in from as far back as high school and they wonder why it's not so easy to access me or all that. Other than hustling too hard, where are we progressing? Where's the growth? Where's the move up? If you grew up in a certain neighborhood and didn't try at least move a block up, what are we doing? What are we really doing? I'm always about progression. And I only know progression because when I hear the tales of what my parents went through when they were growing up, I'm like, you know what? You did all that to get to where you are, so I wouldn't see that? Cool. I will push that agenda a generation further. I believe my older brothers live by the same principle. I believe my, older, my, my younger sisters live by the same principle. And even the people who in my circle who see how I move, they get it. To preach to people to better themselves doesn't work. To give an example is where it works. That's why I give certain respect to certain 
people in my profession who actually could work out that makes them become big. And here's another thing that actually kind of offends the hell out of me. When a person who comes from upper middle class or somewhere around, let's put it this way, if you grew up with three square meals and there was a dessert tied to it. I, I grew up with three square meals. Even if it was the same meal every day of the week for like a month, was it a meal? Great. Was the roof over my head? Perfect. The clothes are tight, but they don't fit, but they're clothes? Perfect. I grew up fine. I think I grew up foolproof. I was great. I was educated to the extent where my mind could take me. And then after that, I did the best I could to make sure that whatever education my parents gave me wasn't wasted. I did that. Now, when I see a person from the middle class decide, you know what, I don't know what the struggle is. Let me go see what the hood looked like. The hell are you talking about? I've seen it in one particular artist and I've always looked at him and I said, you know what, I need to understand what the, the hype is about this character so I can get maybe, maybe by seeing this, I'll understand what it freaking means. And it was Basquiat. Now, when I looked at the work of Basquiat and I found out what his state of mind was as far as how he created his work, I respected his craft. I did not necessarily respect his lifestyle. The guy grew up borderline aristocracy, but then decides, you know what, in order to make my dreams come true, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna go do this. But it's the way he left and went and did what he did. But then the 80s were a different time. What do I know? The, it hurts that he had to go through what he went through as far as the racial biases that the art scene has always had towards black people, especially in that time. I get that. But then when you hear this story of like he's trying to trigger something in his imagination so he took a certain form of drug as an anecdote to push his imagination even further, that's where I pause. That's where I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to take everything you're telling me right now. That's where I, I seize from that. Then I come back to other stories like the same character like Tupac Shakur. Tupac Shakur came off hard. He had a hard lifestyle. He had a hard growing up. And then he said in an interview that he never got uh, a record until he dropped a record. When I say a record, I mean this. When you go to a person's um, life history and you see the record of how many times he's been arrested or if he's ever been arrested, until he made a record about being arrested, he never, he was never arrested. And when I saw that, it was like, okay, he was a narrative for the for the story. But then when I look at some of the stuff he did as far as trying so hard to live that thug life, and I don't really think he was a thug per se, that's a different thing altogether. So I take bits and pieces of people's lives, then I walk away from them. Now, let's take the aspirational side of things and why I respect Jay-Z. Jay-Z came up from the hood. This guy was once arrested for stabbing a guy who was trying to swindle him from some money or he didn't understand what the deal was and then he stabbed this dude because he did not like how it was sounding to him. Now, this is the same individual who, when he was dropping his first album, they took every coin they had in his in their pockets and they hired a limousine, hired a couple of ladies, dressed them up, looked up, looked the part, and then they looked like dons. Because when you look at the Jay-Z album, Reasonable Doubt, and compare it to everybody else's album, let's do this. Let's do a quick comparison of debut albums as far as we are concerned. I know he had another debut album, so this album is his second album 50 cents get rich or die trying get rich or die trying is the tale of a foot soldier a foot soldier finally realizing he needs to become a boss foot soldiers are the guys who do the dirty work the guys who go to the street stand on the corner and do the selling they need to sell reasonable doubt jay-z's debut album he spoke from the perspective of a dawn the 
Don Gordis, the uh, the Gambinos, the, all, all this. That's the perspective he gave when he was telling his tale of reasonable doubt. A guy who's stuck in the life but is trying to get out. It was all that wrapped up in a bag and he knew he wanted to be seen as a boss so he put out the perception and image of a boss. That was the first time I saw a guy in a suit on his own album cover with a fedora and I know some of his friends probably made fun of him because they're like, what kind of uptown dress code is that? But then you see the man in the uptown life thereafter. Now you see that is aspirational and it is executed. That's what kind of hustle I respect. So whenever I see artists, visual or verbal, who put in the energy to make that specific type of correction, I give them the respect they deserve and I push them up a notch and whatever energy I could give them to make them get better, I will do exactly that. But if somebody's trying to show me that they saw the Wu-Tang Clan's 36 chambers and they did not see themselves making their way to Wu-Tang forever, I can't help that person. I cannot. You look at an artist like Method Man. Method Man looks different from the very first album he released. He's a grown man taking care of his kids, educating his kids. And even in the first album they did, there's a video, there's a recording in there of an interview they were doing. And the idea they had was this, we're doing this so that our kids don't have to suffer. Now when I see a grown man or woman act like they cannot adapt to the world that is around them and the place they want to be, that's where I shut down. If you do not have the inkling to push yourself to better yourself, don't show up. And don't complain about it either. It serves no good and no purpose to hear a person who is comfortable in their own BS. If no one has told you before, learn it today. We should always be in a position of bettering self. Always. If you're the same person you were 24 hours ago, regardless of how thick, thick things got, then you're not moving up in the world. Utopia is to be earned, not to be granted. The crafts I love, hip-hop music, in fact, most guys who, who, who love hip-hop music and most fans who are listening to me, regardless of what kind of background you came up in, okay? I grew up the son of a, of a civil servant, so I, I'm probably looking like a baller to you right now. So let me put it to you this way. You know why most people in the upper classes don't mess with hip-hop? Because you treat yourselves like a CSR. Like you're an NGO project waiting to happen. And some of you live off that because it's free money. You don't want to earn. And in some cases, I'd see girls who'd act the same way towards those guys. But when you show yourself you have a certain inkling to actually push yourself to better yourself, oh, there's a problem with you now. You're way too deep. The kind of energy you put out is the kind of attraction you will get. And that's both professionally and with the loves of music that you have. I will always try be in spaces where I never thought I'd ever be perceived to never be possible to do that. I moved from making sketch art for people's portraits with a biro pen to get them to see things my way, get informed by a man in visual arts that you know what dude no one buys canvas work anymore, go digital. I go digital and I made work for people from across the globe. I've made artwork for people in India, I've made artwork for people in the States, I am yet to make artwork for people in South America and Europe, but I'm sure one or two places out there that people who have my product and they've bought it or they're still hoping to buy my product. The world of the digital world has made my life super possible. I don't even have to get on a plane, a Skype call to solve everything. But sit there and ask for favors when you have the potential of talent that you could actually execute. Give me a break. We will 
never agree on this one. We will never agree on this one. If you can't grow, you and I have nowhere to go as far as conversation goes. And that you can take to the bank. Heck, you probably don't even have a bank account. So you can take it to whatever check cashing place you want to think about. This has me livid. I do not like it when people want to be treated like they're crippled. Or they want to be treated like they have a, like, like they're, they're deformed. When they're fully abled people who could actually earn a coin or two. And they just don't want to do certain hustles because they think it's beneath them. And it's beneath them based off of ego. Some people want to experience certain lifestyles because they think by experiencing that lifestyle it will push them to actually have a pulse. Maybe just have a conversation with your parents and know why you're in the lifestyle you're in at the moment and maybe it will push you to better yourself. Not out of resentment for your parents but because I guarantee you in most cases they were trying their best. Some of them tapped out and it just didn't go their way and they decided substances were the only ways to go and I'm not judging. I'm just judging the person who came from certain circumstances, has all the answers at the tip of their tongue, and they choose not to do it. That's where I pause. And for some of you, that's why we're not talking anymore. If you cannot better yourself, you are unworthy of time spent in conversation. Fact. Whew, I was very hot this time. Yes, I apologize for being so angry about this, but then again, I'm just glad there are people out there who I could actually help contribute the very little as far as giving them opportunities. I don't even give handouts when it comes to like 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 people in the streets now. I ask what they are potentially doing and try get them to do that so they can earn their keep. I've said it before in this podcast, I'll say it again. If a person tries to tell me how rich they are, I do I stop them there. I don't want to hear about how rich you are. I want to hear how you got that rich. Show me how to bake the cake and show me how to make the oven that makes the cake. Don't try flaunt to me how rich you are. Don't you dare try flaunt to me how rich you are. Because also some of you people at the top just need to be learned something. Need to be educated on how to deal with people. Oh, and I'll throw this in there as well. If you came to from a life that is blessed enough where you live a certain lifestyle and you treat people from a position of I'm above you because of the money my parents made, you too need to give me a break. I sat down with a cab guy a couple of days back and he's sitting down and he saw this big 4x4 vehicle passing and I'm sitting in the cab with him. And then he said, one time he picked up a guy who's 60 plus and he told me, and they were stuck in traffic and they see a 4x4 with a guy who's super arrogant, looks clearly in his 20s and he's super arrogant to the guy sitting around him in traffic. And then he asks the cab guy, how much do you think that car is worth? guy says a couple of million and the guy says now you see the kid sitting over there a kid that young there's no way they've earned enough to earn that for dolo and when i say for dolo i mean this there's no way they can afford to buy that straight cash so you think the person who gave him the cash gave him also the respect he should have people who are out there hustling to make money close enough to make a car like that happen in their lives and when he said that thing, it was like an epiphany to me. Certain people are granted so much that they forget that the value of that which they have because they don't know any better. And just based upon that, it's how I look at things. I personally don't even own a vehicle because, one, I can't sustain the lifestyle of it. Because it's one thing to buy a vehicle, but it's something else to own a vehicle. Those things need to be taken care of. And, when it, and it's a depreciating thing. It's not an asset in any way, shape, or form. I think along these lines because I've always wanted to better what I was. 
I firmly believe my life so far in these 17 years I've been in this profession that I've chosen to be in, there have been a, there's been a growth curve and a learning curve. And I will continue to do that until my dying breath. This is a fact I'm putting out there. So for those guys who are going to show up for the event tonight, I can't wait to hang out with you guys and have a conversation with you as well. Uh, for the guys who are heading to the 9 to 5s right now, have fun, enjoy yourselves, make a point to actually feel fulfilled by the time you check the list of what you are lining up to do today. Get, get that thing done and be happy that you're getting to the finish line. And as I would like to have you all say, say it with me now, be Caesar or be nothing at all. You guys be good. We'll talk over the weekend. Point Blank, it won't be out.